All right, all right. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, I want to welcome in first off, I want to welcome in our Wiggins, Ocean Springs, and Long Beach locations. Come on, can we give it up for all of our locations today? Excited. We are one church, four locations, and uh, I'm excited to be able to speak to all of you here today. Um, in case, you know, obviously you're, you're uh, one of our locations, um, what was just said before I came up was uh, there was a, uh, almost a moment of silence, if you will, for, uh, for a painful experience that I endured last night, and that was the loss to A&M, the Tigers' loss to A&M, and uh, <sighs> I was so hopeful last week. You remember that? Last week I, I had an LSU. No, it was two weeks ago. I had an LSU. You know, anyway, it doesn't matter anymore. It <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. There's always the SEC championship, right? Where we will get <laughs> obliterated. <clears throat> All right. I just had, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you're thinking about it, you just got to go ahead and say it, you just got to get it out there, you know. I know all of the uh, all the Bama fans were, were loving that last night. Yeah, Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. I know it's I know it's some Bama fans' birthdays today, and so it is a great, 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 great present for them to watch the, uh, the Tigers lose. So, you know, if you guys don't realize, sometimes whenever I first get up here on Sundays, it's kind of my time just to sort of process through <laughs> the difficult things that have happened. And during football season, it's always going to have something to do with with the Tigers and whatnot. But uh, I can feel myself processing through it. It's good, you know. Just, just, okay. Y'all ready? We can move forward. Okay. No, uh, today I am <laughs> excited to be able to speak to all four of our locations and everybody watching online. I know we got a lot of people, Thanksgiving holidays, still uh, out and about traveling. And so uh, today, you know, kind of what we do at the end of each series, um, sometimes there's maybe a week or two before we start another series. And what we like to do is take some time just to talk about uh, kind of like a standalone subject or a standalone topic, uh, maybe something that we feel like God's kind of leading us to, to speak about. And today I want to do that. I want to speak to uh, everybody about something that, um, it's, not a, it's not a new topic, but I think every now and then we need to speak about it, just straight up, just, just designate an entire day to speak about this, uh, because over time this topic, this question, can begin to sort of fall into the back seat, if you will. It just kind of, kind of, kind of fades in the background, and it has to do with actually what we're doing right now. It has to do with church. It has to do with why we come to church. You know, what's the point of this? What are we doing here right now? Uh, you know, we're watching online. We're at each location. Uh, there's a guy standing on the stage now talking to a lot of people. Like, what is this about? Is this meaningful? Uh, does it matter? Is it important? And uh, that's kind of what I want to dig into today. Uh, the, 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 the old, does it matter if I go to church? Come on, y'all ever think about that? Like, does it, does it really matter? I know sometimes for me, I'll, I'll kind of make jokes about it. I'm like, man, you know, if we're talking about, like, Jesus and, and, and his resurrection and all these things, we, we talk about how important these things are, obviously. But if those things aren't true, then what we're doing is really, really weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's really strange and that we're gathering together like we are. But if Jesus was raised from the dead, right, then it's, some of the most paramount things that we're talking about and the paramount thing that we believe in is, is the, the gospel. And so, uh, so today, I want to talk about why we gather, what's the importance of it. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about community. 
and we talked about the heart of, of the church and, and, and kind of this, uh, how, how whenever we gather together, what takes place, but more in a relational sense. And today I want to get a little bit more practical. Um, I'll let you know that a couple weeks ago, whenever we talked about it, that we were going to be talking about it this week. And so if you did miss that message, I would encourage you to go back a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and listen to the, the, the teaching on community. But we learned in that week that God has designed us for community and specifically designed us for a faith community to be in community, but also that we need to be encouraged to stay in community, right? We need to be encouraged, uh, uh, admonished, <laughs> if you will, to stay in community. Uh, our main scripture was Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, said this, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. So already, when the book of Hebrews was being written, the believers were already falling out of the habit of meeting together, okay? They were, it was already happening then, and guess what? It's still happening today. So uh, we, we say this quite a bit, you know, not much has changed throughout history, okay? We have electricity nowadays, but as far as who we are as people, I mean, we're generally the same, okay? And so back then, it was the same thing. Oh, it, it mattered in one season for the people of God to come together, and over time, for many, they fell out of that habit. And so the author of Hebrews is, is correcting them. He's correcting their thinking. He's reminding them to continue to meet together, right? So, uh, so there's a lot of different uh, reasons. So it begs the question, again, does going to church matter? Does it really matter? Does it matter, matter to gather together? And so I want to start with an illustration that I think kind of will set the trajectory for some of your minds. Um, and it's this. Every time that people gather together, they are centering around a certain topic or a person or an interest, okay? They gather together to focus in on that, that thing. And so uh, I'll give you an example. Like restaurants, people gather together at restaurants to what? Eat food, all right, it's about the food. You know, if you are, um, if you're going to the gym, which many of you are going to start Monday, I know. That's how that works. Uh, after the big holidays, it's like, man, I got to get back in the gym because I feel like a slob, you know. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I just feel terrible. Like, you know, you got to get the blood going, right? But uh, you, you go to the gym, everybody's there. They're centered around exercise or fitness. Okay, you go to a football stadium. I mean, the, the stadium has literally been built to watch the game of football, okay? That's what the building was built for, and it's why the people gather together to watch football on and on and on. And so let me read this to you because I think it's very important that we, that we hear this. When we go to these gatherings, we grow in affection and affinity in that area, meaning we, we grow to, uh, to be more interested in those things, okay? We only have so much capacity for, for passion and, and focus. And so what we attend or place value on, we grow to love more. You know with me? So when we decide to attend something or spend time with a person or a group of people, we are actively deciding to place value on that person, that group, or that activity. We are prioritizing that, that thing, that person, that group, that activity, whatever it is. We're prioritizing it. And we cannot underestimate the power in that decision. And now, now I want to balance out a little bit because here's the deal. 
there's a lot of different reasons for, you know, why we may attend something uh, on, on one day versus another. And it doesn't mean that every single decision you make, you're on the edge of idolatry. Okay, I don't want you guys to, like, go to that extreme. But you need to see that, that you are placing value on a person or a group or an activity every time that you say yes to show up. Every time that you, that you, you show up, I mean, come on this week. A lot of you, you made it a priority to get together with a certain group of people to, to celebrate a holiday, right? You, you made it a priority here today to show up here. But why? What's the value in that? Now, here's the deal. The church gathering centers around Jesus Christ. So when we gather, our affection and affinity grows for one another, okay, relationally, and also for Jesus. In the same way that, you know, we go to a football game or whatever else. So every week, Christians are faced with the decision of whether to attend a Christ-centered gathering or not. And many would just say going to church. Right? That's how they would summarize that. And, uh, you know, many of you today, maybe this week, the question in your house was, hey, are we going to church Sunday? Are we going to church? You know, and so whenever we, we ask this question, it's a loaded question. But it also matters what you mean whenever you say church. You know, because how many of you, whenever you think of church, you, you think of this building, right? How, how many of you, when you say church, you think, uh, I mean, like, what do you think of? Well, there's a lot of different ways that we could use the word church. One is kind of the original meaning was, uh, the word was ecclesia, which means a gathering. And that word in the word of God in the Bible, really, it, it didn't necessarily, it's not like a Christian word, okay? Not originally. It just meant a gathering of people. So, Again, you go to a football gathering, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a football church. I, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a gathering of people are, uh, for a certain purpose. And so whenever we say church, some people, that's what they're thinking. But originally, the word just meant gathering. So some people might be saying that when they, they say church. Others, whenever you say church, you might mean those who have put their faith in Jesus. You could be talking about Christians. You could be talking about the, the universal church, the big church, okay? But you get a little bit more specific if you say that church, you could be talking about a church like Northwood Church, a, a church, a gathering of people centered around Christ that are meeting together, and we have like a certain name, right, Northwood. Okay, I'm going to speak to us right now. But there's that meaning of the word or use of the word, and then there's church in regard to the building that the church gathers in. Okay, now there's nothing necessarily special about a building, all right, it's, it's sheetrock, it's carpet, it's AC, it's electricity. Buildings are all generally the same. It's not the building that matters, it's what happens in the building that matters. It's no different than whenever you say, hey, you know, yeah, that's just a house, but man, we're going to make it a home. You know what I'm saying? I'm some sort of like, you know, distressed wood on the wall, you know, like it's with this statement, you know, and uh, <laughs> our, the, 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 it was just a house until, you know, uh, we, we, we moved in, now it's a home, and, 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 but guess what's going on there? You, there is like an attachment in some way, shape, or form to that building, because there's things that take place in that building. Look, when me and my wife got married, we moved in uh, to a house around the corner in, in a little subdivision, and uh, we moved in, and it was great, you know, we, we did some general modifications to the house, and uh, we get married, we get there, and in the first year, we made some bad memories in the house, you know, there's, but it was memories, you know, there's, there was a hole above the stairs, or one time, I was mad at my wife, and, you know, I threw the phone straight at the wall, 
and made a nice little dent in the wall, you know? Don't act shocked. You're looking at me all like, <laughs> like you ain't ever thrown anything in your house before. You know, I was young. I was really young, you know what I'm saying? The Lord has done a great work in me. But guess what? <laughs> Every time that I walked down those stairs, I saw that little bitty notch in the wall, and I was like, yep. Actually, it was a Blackberry that I, that I threw. I mean, that's how long ago. That's how long ago it was, guys, okay? It wasn't just this past week, all right? But, uh, well, that, you know, that happened. I mean, I, I could tell you by the time that I, I went in the, down the downstairs in the extra room, we had a big closet down there, storage area, and I got really mad. You know, we were in a fight, and I punched the wall. I didn't punch it that hard, but I punched the stud. And uh, <laughs> that was the first and only time I ever punched a wall. <laughs> the Lord has a way of just dealing with anger problems. Sometimes he's like, yeah, I'm going to line this stud up right on that knuckle, you know. I was like, man, ah, ah, blood. Anyway, um, <laughs> memories like that. But, but <laughs> there were a lot better memories than just those. Um, you know, we had our first child in that home, and, and we had pictures of bringing her home, and, you know, it was just a special moment, and you know, we painted her walls a certain way. And then whenever we moved out of that house, it was very emotional for us. Why? Because nine years of our life was spent in that home. And so I, I didn't care about the sheetrock. Obviously, I didn't care about the sheetrock. I threw stuff at it, you know. <laughs> but um, it was the things that took place in that home that were special. And so for a lot of people, a building, it's not about the sheetrock, but it is about what happens in the building. I mean, I'll just be honest. I got, I got married right there. You know, that's where, that's where we got married. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I got saved in building number two. You know, uh, led worship there for the first time in building number two. I mean, there's so many things that happen on this property in my life that are very, very special. And so, uh, anyway, so whenever we say church, we could be saying a lot of different things. We could be talking about the ecclesia, you know, the, the, the church of Jesus Christ in regards to what was going on in the Bible. We could be talking about the name of a church, Northwood or, or so-and-so church. Uh, or we could be talking about a building. Now, not only is there different uses of the word, but there's also different types of gatherings whenever we come together, right? So it's not only different uses of the word, but the different ways of doing church or being the church. And there's a whole lot of conversations that we could have about models and all kind of things. I'm not getting into all of that today, but there's different, there's different models. There's different uh, uh, modes or ways of doing church. There's one mission, though, and that mission is from Jesus, and, and we've talked about that quite a bit in the last few weeks, so I'm not going to really discuss that today, but, but it's the Great Commission, right? Win souls, make disciples, however you want to say it. It's the mission that Christ has us on, but there's different ways to gather. There's different settings, okay? There, there's buildings like this, uh, there, there's, there's people meeting homes, people, I mean, it depends what culture you're from. You might meet on the side of a mountain under a tree, okay? There's a lot of different settings that people, that the church meets in or gathers in, but there's also different types of gathering. What I mean by that is like informal or formal gatherings. Now, this is where your thinking patterns have to kind of, kind of come together. Here's the deal. When the people of God gather, that is the church gathering. Okay, it's not just a formal gathering that qualifies it as a church gathering. It's, it could be informal things. It could be just doing life together, y'all. Right? We talked about community. Did you know that, that being the church is about supporting one another, about being friends, about being there when everything's hitting the fan, right? I mean, being the church, uh, uh, supporting one another, but in an informal way. Now, now, 
there's also informal ways that we get together as a church. I mean, we had Tailgate Sunday a couple weeks ago. That was an informal gathering, Shuckers games, different things like that. Those are our informal times that we gather, but there's also formal times that we gather. This would be an example of a formal gathering, a service like this. Uh, we also do, uh, we do groups where we gather together in homes. We gather together for, you know, whether it be to study the Bible or to study a book or, or if we have, you know, you're in a sermon series group or, or a freedom group or whatever. We have these formal gatherings that we uh, encourage one another with. And then we have special gatherings. Get together for prayer. Every first Wednesday, we gather together to pray together. Uh, retreats. We just had a youth retreat here le- a couple months ago. Uh, we had a marriage getaway in a couple of months. Man, I encourage you to, to get signed up for that. But those are more formal gatherings. Things like uh, night of worship as well. All right, I'm just, I'm just kind of throwing out some things for you to kind of picture. These are not just like events. Okay, it, they're not just like extracurricular activity that are kind of like, meh. You know what I'm saying? I might or might not. Uh. These, are, these are literally times that the church, okay, for us more specifically, Northwood Church, these are the times that we gather together, all right? So, so, so I want you to picture these things. Now, in America, less people attend, you know, attend church or are a part of a church, uh, less, less people do these things in America than in the last 90 years, as far as how long these stats have been kind of kept. So we're at a low point in the last 90 years. And, uh, but I think in addition to that, something that's almost equally as important is that those who actually do attend or are part of a church gathering in some way, shape, or form, they attend less than they used to. So, okay, y'all with me on that? There's less people who attend a church or are a part of a church. And what I mean by that is, uh, when I say that, I'm meaning like a, um, uh, a Northwood church, or it doesn't have to be exactly like a Northwood church, but they're a part of a, a group of people that, that get together in the name of Jesus, right? There's less people in the last 90 years right now, we're at a low point, and also on top of that, it's that people are attending less. So go back way, way back in the day, y'all, way back in the day. Uh, I remember when I was growing up, we, uh, we used to, like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll put myself as a 15-year-old. This is what it looked like for me back in the day as a 15-year-old. We had church on Sunday morning, every Sunday, and we were at church every Sunday. Not just me, also my friends. Like, we were in church every single Sunday. And also, on top of that, we were in church in a church gathering every Sunday night, which was our youth small groups, okay? We got together every week. I'm not talking about semesters. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm talking every week, you know? You know, like you came back from vacation to go to small group, you know? No, but sometimes you did. But anyway, we, we did that. And then every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, we had a youth service. It was either youth service or prayer or both in the same night, right? Every single thing. And then for, for a season, actually, me and a few, a few of us, we would have youth here on Wednesday night, and then we'd go to youth in Wiggins on Thursday night because we had two locations at that point, and so we would lead worship here, and then we'd, we'd roll up to, to Thursday night up in Wiggins and lead worship there and have another youth service, right? And then typically Friday or Saturday, guess what? We're all hanging out together again. And then on top of that, some of us all went to a private school together, and so we had chapel together. We were at church every single day. We had devotions every single day. I mean, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, there was a lot of church gatherings that we were a part of, right? Now, let's, but let's just, just keep it low. Let's just say 
typically a 15-year-old in that time period, and not just me, not just in this church, but it was the norm, was about eight times a month you would meet together with your youth group, right? They were your friends. They were your closest friends. It's who you studied the word with. It's who you prayed with. I mean, you knew, they, you knew them. They knew you. It wasn't all just about having fun, although I think that was an important part of it. We were literally being discipled together. Now, let's fast forward to today. In a lot of cases, if a 15-year-old is in a church gathering twice a month, that's a huge win. I mean, let, but let's just, be, let's just be kind of even more conservative and say four times a month that, that a youth is in it. That's literally half the amount of input in those environments in a mere, you know, 23 years. And, and that's a trend that has been happening for a long time. And so, so I'm just using one part of our, our age demographic, if you will, you know, just 15-year-olds. But that same, that same rhythm is across the board. It's across the board. But but does it matter? Does that even matter? Does, does being a part of any of these, these gatherings matter? There's a lot of reasons of why we can't meet or why we don't meet or why people don't go to church, okay? And uh, some of it sounds like this, right? If you ask somebody the question, do you go to church? Here's some of the responses you might get. Uh, I don't have to go to church. I am the church. There's that response, which, guess what? There's some truth to that. There is, but I don't have to go to a church because I am the church. Now, notice that person would be using the word church in two different ways, right? To a church, they could be meaning a, a Northwood or a whatever, right? Or they could be meaning a building, and then they're using the word I am the church, like See, there's the combination. So there needs to be a deeper conversation about what that, that, what that answer is about. The next one is this. So I have my own relationship with God and don't need to go, right? It's me and God. I don't, I don't need anybody else. Another one might be the church is all about money and power, so no, but I believe in God. And this, this narrative right here is really being sold big time to the next generation, which is like the church is all about money, all about power, all about whatever. So therefore, man, don't get involved with those people because you're just going to get hurt. But the main thing is that you believe in God. Now, we could go further and say, which God are you talking about when you say that? But anyway, we keep going. Another one, I read my Bible and pray by myself. And I love like this. I don't need someone else to tell me what they think about the Bible or their version of God. Right? How many of y'all have heard anything like this before? Right? I mean, this is just, like, this, these are some of the go-to answers nowadays. <clears throat> uh, maybe a little bit more practical. Man, I go to church when I have time. But I've been really busy lately. Been really busy lately. Uh, which is usually followed up by this next one. But I watch online. Right? <laughs> now, watching online... And I know we got a lot of people watching online today. But uh, so I'm not, I'm not like meaning to dig too deeply here. But watching online is a supplement. It is not actually like it should not be the main go-to way that you gather together with the body of Christ. Okay, that is, that is, it, is, it is a supplement. It's, it's not the main thing. And there's always been a lot of people who watch online. But ever since 2020, there's a ton of people who feel that watching online, watching a church service online, 
and, and actually showing up to gather together with the, the saints is like equal. And it's not. It's just not the same. It's a supplement. Now, here's the deal. Man, look, there's a lot of reasons. Man, we got work. We got vacation. We got sickness. I mean, there, there's legitimate reasons for why. And honestly, it's, it's why we do online. Y'all, if it wasn't for the things that I just mentioned, the, 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 the viable times that people are not able to attend the church gathering, and I mean like a, a formal gathering like this, um, if it was not for those reasons, we would not do online church. It's too much work, and it's also too much of an excuse for, for people just to lay in bed and uh, click on YouTube. If you're laying in bed right now this morning or sitting in your living room and you could have been here, I'm being kind of specific right now. <laughs> I am. You know what happens, guys, is... Uh, Culture is in a place where if you believe in something and you actually press the, uh, the threshold, you, 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 you kind of push a little bit, people nowadays, they, it's, it's take it or leave it, and people usually leave it. It's you can't tell me what to do. And especially, I tell you, it's really, it's really awkward as a pastor nowadays because um, I really could care less about full rooms of people. I don't, I don't care if every seat in every auditorium is full of people. It's, it's really not about that, okay? But I know what happens whenever the body of Christ gathers together and worships together and hears the word together and, and also, also looks at each other in the face and says, how are you doing? And gives each other a hug. I, I know what that is, and you don't get that level of interaction and meaningful interaction. You don't get that on a phone or on a TV. And I am kind of old school when it comes to this. What I mean by that is this. Technology is never going to actually replace human interaction. It's never, act, it's, y'all, we have a giant social experiment called social media going on right now, and it's, 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 it's revealing what we're talking about. People are, are in pseudo-communities and they think that they're having interaction with humans, but they're, they're really not. They're living like, they have like alter egos and stuff. It gets really, really strange. But it's because there's something about looking in the eye of somebody else. There's something about being in the room with other people, right? And so when it comes to church, I believe in the gathering of the church. I believe it matters, and I believe that we should prioritize it. And we're going to get into some more reasons here in a second, but... But I kind of wanted to take a moment because as soon as you actually begin to get where the rubber meets the road, that's where you, you kind of start, uh, start feeling that resistance of like, are you trying to, you're just trying to tell me what to do. No, no, I'm not. It's not my heart. But I do think that this matters. So there's a lot of reasons. But are these acceptable answers? Is it okay for Christians to not go to church or gather with other believers? Right? Uh, what's the purpose of going to church or being in a church? Is it really that important? So this week I sent a text to a few people and I asked them, I said, man, why do you think it's important to go to church? Like what's important for you and your family? Why does it matter? And, and I want to read some of those answers. Said this, uh, being a part of the church provides community and fellowship, a place to be vulnerable and accountable, which pushes you to be better and ultimately more committed. 
because you have people in your corner that are rooting for you. Church matters to be around like-minded Christians to lean on, learn from, and be encouraged by. Biblical teachings help answer any questions that may arise in my walk with Christ. There's strength in numbers. No one is strong enough to fight solo all the time. People need people. I like this one. It's hard to build God's church sitting on the couch eating Cheetos. <laughs> right? Not my words. Uh, it's vital that we have sound spiritual covering. We need wise counselors. We need elders to speak prophetically into our life. God has called and assigned these leaders to shepherd and watch over his flock. We don't live for ourselves. We live to create legacy and meaning in the lives of others. If our faith and worshiping God are truly important, we must show up to set an example to our families that it is important to gather. There's nothing comparable to worshiping alongside believers. It strengthens my spiritual core. Attending church develops relationships, relationships with other believers and accountability takes place. Attending church allows me to, to discover individual ministry opportunities, helping others and myself refine their spiritual life. And lastly, going to church allows us to be synergized with other believers, which invites God to move in special ways. This person's talked a lot about unity, the unity and, and how important it is for the church to gather together and be in unity together. There's a lot of different reasons why we gather. There's a lot of different benefits for why we gather. And so with all that being said, I want to address two questions. Number one is this. How often are we supposed to gather? All right. We know that we have different types of gatherings. All right. We've got informal. We've got formal gatherings. We've got, I mean, whether it be a group, whether it be, man, we got together at a restaurant, whether it be a church service like this. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of different gatherings. But, but how often in my calendar should I actually be around and be with other believers? Now we're getting pretty specific, right? Well, I want to start with one great example, and that's Jesus. We see that Jesus gathered at the synagogue weekly. And so a synagogue was really, it means a place of assembly. And this was Jesus' custom. Now, I got a couple of pictures just to give you a visual of what these, these, uh, this, this looked like. You can go ahead and show that. This is what a synagogue might have looked like in Jesus' time. Beautiful, beautiful entrance, right? What a, what a nice overhang. Just in case it was raining, they had an overhang there, that, you know, that way you could just, you could. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke about how if it's raining. Anyway, all right, the inside kind of look like this, something like this, right? You'd have the person standing in the middle. They would read the word. People would gather around the edges. I don't know where the kids went. I don't know where the sound system is, but <laughs> <laughs> but with this in mind, picture this. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Now, Jesus, God of the universe, thought it was important enough to continue to gather weekly in the synagogue, a place of assembly 
with other Jewish you know, people at that time. He was the Messiah coming, so there weren't like necessarily Christians yet, okay? But, but to gather together, that was his custom, and Jesus would gather together weekly in a formal gathering where someone would read the word, and there was other things that would take place, and we'll get into some of those things in just a moment. But, but Jesus, I think if Jesus did it, I think there's something of value to regularly getting together, right? Come out with me, right? How often should we gather? Well, number one, we see as an example. I'm not saying that we should gather weekly. I'm just saying that Jesus gathered weekly. Also, though, we see that the early church gathered, oh, no, daily. (laughs) Oh, oh, man. Now we're getting uncomfortable. (laughs) Acts 2, verse 44 And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." So we see this example of a weekly gathering, but then we also see this just, just like just doing life together, helping one another, right? And there was a lot of things that were going on in this time that aren't necessarily going on right now. It's, there was a lot of transition and things that were happening, but, but we see the value that believers placed on community, right? That they were involved in one another's life. There wasn't like this rigid structure of you know what I'm saying it was just man we're believers we're helping one another I know you you know me oh you have a need let's go help this person with that oh hey let's come together and let's eat together hey man oh you need prayer hey man you know like like just conversate growing together man let's go we're going to the temple hey are we are you gonna sit up in the the right corner over there like you usually do because I'll meet you there you know what I'm saying um, I'm bringing a pillow, though, because those seats look really uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you imagine sitting on those seats for like four hours listening to someone just, you know, read. That's, there's, oof, that's tough. I didn't even see any bathrooms. I don't I have no idea. But anyway, <laughs> there was this rhythm of weekly gathering, and there was also this mindset of just being together, right? And I think those two examples again, are, are kind of like principles for us. So the, the question, though, is, is how often do we gather? How often should you be at a church gathering? I don't know. See, last year, we, we, talked, about, we talked about giving. We talked about money. Last November, actually. And it was about this time in the message when I was talking about the principle of giving, and I, and I talked about the, uh, the horrible word tithe that so many people hate, you know. I talked about all these different types of, but, and I, I, I talked about all those principles, and at the end of the day I said, so how much should we give? People want people, like a pastor, to tell them exactly what to do and how to do it, and, and, and that way there's like this, there's this threshold, there's this thing to shoot for, and but, but some people want that so that way they can point a finger at that person and say, see, I knew it. So what do I do? I shrug. How often should you gather? I don't know. How often do you think you should gather with the church? How often, what is it, what's the value 
of, of, of the church, of, of the community, right, that, that Christ gave his life for, what's, what's the value of that in your life? What does it look like? We see that Jesus gathered together a lot. We see that the early church gathered together a lot. So I don't know, what, what, what is that, how does that play out in your life? What does it look, how often should you gather? I know for me, I've gathered together quite a bit. Not as much as I used to, but quite a bit. That's, you know, 90% of Sundays, man, we're here. We got small groups. Most meet average every other week or so during the semesters. Special gatherings, we get together. But guess what? It's, it's more than just those environments. There's text messages. There's, there's hangouts. There's just, hey, man, how you doing? There's a guy that was attending the church for many years and moved away about a year ago, and I was thinking about him yesterday, so I shot him a text. Hey, man, how's it going? It, it, look, it can look different, but there's connection to the body of Christ, right? So how often should you gather? I, I don't know. I don't know what that answer is for you, but, but if you're sitting there and your answer is, well, I don't, I don't get together as much as I should, then maybe you should begin to pray and ask God about that. Y'all with me on that? Does it make sense? The next question, though. And the last question, what do we do when we gather? So what actually takes place when the church gathers together? Okay, we talked about how often that's more of a calendar thing and a priority thing, but, but what about what actually takes place? Because here's the deal. I am more likely to prioritize something in my life if I know that when I go to it or I show up, something's going to happen there that's of value. Right? Is with me on that? I mean... I know that if, if I take out of my time to go show up to that thing, like I know what's happening there actually matters. The problem is, is that for a lot of people, what happens when we gather has been kind of cloaked or, or covered with just the ideas that we're just getting together out of a religious thing and not seeing the true value of what's actually happening when we get together. That's why an online experience for some seems to be of equal importance as actually coming together in the room with other people because it's like, eh, it's the same thing, right? It, 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 and it's, it's not because it's what happens when we gather. So what happens when we gather? Well, we're going to look at an example of the early church of some of the things that took place. And there's a lot, y'all, there's so much more that we could talk about today in regards to all of this, but I'm just kind of picking out one section. Acts 2, same, same scripture we just read a second ago, uh, except it's verse 42 and verse 43. It says this, these are talking about the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And awe, came upon every soul as they did these things all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles they devoted themselves we just did a series called devotions being devoted to the word of god and they were devoted not only to the word but to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer and to the apostles teaching so what happens whenever we gather here today well in a lot of ways, it's very similar. Might look a little bit different, but we teach the word, we fellowship, we take communion, 
we pray. We can expand some of it to whenever we gather in groups, we, we study together, right? We, we eat together. Did you know having dinner with somebody is a very, very important thing? It's not just about the food. It's about what takes place as you eat. It's a very important thing. You're doing, you're doing life together, right? But we teach the word, we fellowship, we take communion, and we pray. When it comes to the word, the early church prioritized uh, the apostles' teaching. The, it's called like it's called the Didache, and and for them this was kind of their Bible, if you will, in addition to the Old Testament that they had at the time. And they would gather together, and they would read, and they would study, and they they would hear teachings about about what it was that how God desired them to live. Iron sharpening iron, right? There was a uh, they were centered around the Word, and and what's the big deal? With the word. Well, Romans 10 says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Our faith is encouraged whenever we read the word, whenever we speak and have conversations about the word, and whenever we are taught the word. So every time that we come together in gatherings like this, or in a group, or in whatever scenario, and we're, we're talking about the word, our faith is being encouraged. There's value around that, right? What happens when we gather? Why does it matter? Matter What happens if those things have value, then it matters to us. It should matter that your faith is built in Jesus. And one of those things is through the word. Fellowship. People getting, gathering together around a similar interest, fellowshipping together, right? It matters, but you can't fellowship if you don't gather, There ain't no fellowship that happens online. It's, it's not. Unless you do some comments, unless you comment, right? Right? You have like 150 people watching and like two people are having a conversation, you know? That's not fellowship, all right? <laughs> I tell you what you can't do whenever you don't gather, whenever you don't come together. You, again, you can't look at somebody in the eye. You can't shake a hand. You can't hug a neck. You can't ask how somebody's doing you, you can't catch up and a lot of people are like well I don't need that environment I'll just do it somewhere else no you won't it, it, it's like people saying that they don't have to go to church they they study the Bible on their own some may most don't because the longer that you're away from a community that centers around a certain thing for most people typically also, their passion and their focus wanes around the thing that that, that, that group, you know what I'm saying? How many people you ever hear them say, man, I've been going to a gym, but man, I'm going to just buy the stuff and have it at my house. I'll just work out my house. <laughs> How many of you have ever said that and you still haven't got on the, uh, haven't worked out your house since, right? Yeah, you know, it happens, okay? I've got some close friends. I don't think that they have gotten on that Peloton bike at all. I think it's just, I, I mean, it's a beautiful bike, but I don't think it's been used yet, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, some, for, for some people, that's what happens, is they get out of community, and, and, and their, their interest begins to wane. Now, should it be like that? No. And is it like that for everybody? No. I think you guys get what I'm saying, though. But when it comes to fellowship as well, there's something about relationships. Honestly, y'all, most people don't join a gathering of people, like a church, like what we're talking about. They don't join a church because of how great the pastor is, how great the teaching is, or how great the worship. They, they, 
They join because they found friends. They found people that they can connect to and do life with. Fellowship. There's something powerful about it. And I want to encourage, you know, those of you who maybe have fallen out of, of this rhythm to remember the importance of fellowship again. If, you, if, you, if you've kind of gotten a place where you watch online and that's your thing, you come to church once every month or two months or three months, like, remember why we gather. It's the word, fellowship. We also gather for prayer. Did you know that you can pray on your own and you should pray on your own and, and, and most people do. But did you know that there's something extremely powerful about gathering together with the people of God and praying together? I don't have all the words of why it matters. I don't, I don't, I can't explain to you, you know, metaphysically and sp completely spiritually, like what have, all I know is that we gather together and it matters and we pray together. We pray for one another. If you've had another believer pray for you, you know how encouraging that is right? We pray together. And lastly, we receive communion together, break bread together. There's different kind of meanings to what all that entails or multiple, multiple ways of doing that, but one way is, is communion. We take communion together. We remember the gospel. Every time that you take communion, it is not a religious thing that you're just drinking a little bit of juice and, and eating a cracker. That, that's Don't let the beautiful things of God become mundane and religious. It, there's so much more meaning in it. But we take communion together. We remember Jesus' sacrifice and we're reminded of the gospel. Today was a day just to encourage you and remind you about why we gather and what happens when we gather. And I know in our culture, it's only gonna get more and more intense, this question of does going to church matter? You know, and, and, and to be honest, when I say going to church, I don't just picture what's happening right now. Like this is one facet, okay? It's an important facet, but, but it's one facet of many things that we, what we mean whenever we say go to church. For some of you, Northwood is not your church. This isn't your gathering. This isn't your community. And that's fine, but who is? Who, what is the gathering? What does it look like for you? I've just seen too many people over the years. I mean, I've grown up in church, and I've seen just so many people. Uh, one of, the, one of the, the, the primary steps, whenever they begin to kind of walk away from God, one of the primary steps is they also walk away from the people of God. It's just happened too much. It's just too much of a trend to ignore. It, it, it typically goes hand in hand. If they disconnect from the people of God, and again, I mean, there's a lot of different expressions of, of what church can look like, okay? But whenever they disconnect from the people of God, there tends to be also a trend that they disconnect from God in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, I'm not trying to get too deep into that. I'm just telling you what I've seen. And I, and I think it's pretty obvious that many of you have seen that as well, probably in your own life too, right? I don't think I have to like try to break that down too, too much deeper than that. Why? There's something that God has put deep inside of us, a need for community, a need for a faith community, and a need to be a part of a community consistently. 
Yeah, I'm not talking about just like once every couple months kind of like peeking your head in the door or like, eh, uh, you know. I'm talking about when you walk through the door, there's people that you know. I'll give you another, another way to do that. Show up 10 to 15 minutes before a service and stay 15 minutes afterwards. So many people don't, don't get, they don't feel like they're connected to community. It's because they show up late and they leave early. You can't meet anybody that way. <laughs> You're not going to feel connected to a community if you show up late and leave early. You have to linger. You have to give opportunity to meet people and to get to know people and to connect. And some of this seems so elementary, but come on, y'all. You feel it, right? You feel it sometimes. There's just uh, th- things kind of just, you know, you, you hadn't been in a small group ever, and yet you feel like, ah, it's just, I feel like I'm just not really a part yeah, there's certain steps that, that we must take in order to, to kind of come together. And, and for Northwood to be a church that is, is cohesive, that where, where people who are outside of the kingdom can find a place here in this church as a part of the kingdom where they can get help and ministry and support, learn about Jesus and grow in Christ, right? So it starts with us where we're at here today. For some of you, you really haven't been prior, prioritizing gathering together with other believers. It's kind of been low on the, on the pole, right? It's been, it's been down there. It's kind of like equal as far as like whether or not you're going to go to the gym or whether or not you're like, I don't know, whatever, go to the grocery store, you know? It's, like, it's, it's that level of conversation. Your kids ask you every week, hey, are we going to church this week? Because it's, you're so far out of rhythm that it's like gathering together with other believers. It's like a, yeah, we might, might not. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just think that as, especially, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about parents right now. Like, you are expressing value to your children by those decisions you make every week. If it's a birthday party versus church, you've prioritized that party. And you basically prioritized it over the church. And again, I'm not talking about just Sunday at 9.30. Y'all get what I'm saying? It, it, it could be a, a group. It could be, it could be small group. It, it could be a plethora of things. I'm just saying that, that whenever we make those decisions, we're making a priority list. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you right now. And God, I'm asking that you would lead your people in this area. God, whenever it comes to whether or not we gather together as the church, there's so many different definitions of that word, meanings of that word. But God, ultimately, Lord, we want to have the heart of what, we want to have your heart. God, we don't want to have a checklist. We don't want to be doing things just to please other people. God, we want to be doing things and and, and being a part of something in the way that you desire us to be a part of that. So, Lord, we believe that we're gathered here together today to honor you, to understand your heart, to, to lift you up in our life, to prioritize you above other things. And so, God, if there's something about what we've taught today or we've talked about 
that is convicting to us, that's challenging us. God, I pray that right now, Lord, that you would begin to bring clarity in our hearts of why that's convicting and why that's challenging. And God, where, where there might be any sort of trying to please men, God, I pray that you put that to the side right now, Lord, and I pray that you help us to get past those emotions and past those thoughts, and God, to get to the, the, the core of, Lord, what do you want us to do? God, we want to we be your church properly with the right heart, Lord, we want to accomplish the mission of the church that you have us on with the right heart in a way that glorifies and honors you. God, I pray for every person here that's listening. God, for those who are far from you right now, who have not placed their faith in Christ, Lord, I'm praying that right now that you would convict them God, that you, would, that you would admonish them, that you would steer them back to your heart, God. Some of, some of you have walked away from God. It, it might kind of go hand in hand with even the, the conversation we've had about attending church, but it's more than just attending a church service, but that just might be one of the ways that you've seen it kind of play out. But, but really, if you dig deep, you know that it, you've drifted away from the heart of God. And right now is a moment for you to, to come back to the heart of God. His grace is, and mercy is sufficient for you. We thank you for the opportunity to return to you, Jesus. God, I pray for our church. God, I pray that you would help our church to become healthier. God, to grow in a proper way. God, for our roots to go down deeper into you. God, for us to reach out more to others who are far from you. Give us a heart for your kingdom. Give us a heart to gather. But God, help us to remember why we gather and why it's important around your word, around fellowship, around prayer, and around communion. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. All locations. We're going to receive communion together. So uh, every location does it a little bit different. Some of you, you have it in the seat in front of you. Some of you, you, you picked it up when you came into the door. At this time, you can go ahead and open up the top. Get the bread out and then open up. You'll get to the juice. This is something that the church has done since Jesus was at the Last Supper with his disciples. I think it's so powerful that we are still doing something today that's been around for a couple of thousand years. And, and it's a great, you know, ritual that we do, but it's, it's not just about what we're about to do. It's about what it represents. And it represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And I would encourage you, if, if you're not a believer, if you don't believe in Jesus, if, if you're skeptical of this and it's, ah, eh, this might be a time that you don't partake of the communion. Because I believe that, that whenever we take the communion together with the body of Christ, that we are also taking responsibility for, for what it is that we're doing. That we're saying, hey, I understand what Jesus did for me. I understand his sacrifice, and I believe. I put my faith in that sacrifice. And so for some of you, this might be the time that you would just need to, to pray and ask God to give you greater re revelation. But if you're a believer, this is, this is for the church. Jesus' body was broken for us. 
He suffered for us to heal our sicknesses, to heal our deeper sickness, our spiritual sickness, to deliver us from spiritual death. And that's what we're remembering as we take this together. So Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We remember it and we take it together. We eat it right now. Jesus, we also remember your blood that was poured out on our behalf. Jesus, that you took the penalty of sin, the punishment of sin on yourself. God, to give us victory, to give us hope. And we thank you for that. We remember that as we drink this together. The word says that after they would take communion, that they would sing together. And that's what we're going to do right now. And I want to encourage you as the body of Christ. Come on, y'all. Think about who we are and think about what we're about to do. We're about to join together in song and sing eternal truths about Jesus. That he's above everything. Come on, y'all. No matter where you're, what you're dealing with right now, Jesus is above that. He's in control. He's sovereign. And we stand today in full confidence of who he is. Amen? So we're going to pray one more time, and then we're going to sing this together. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your sacrifice for our sin. We thank you for uh, giving us a hope, giving us a future. And God, as we sing this together today, God, I pray that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.